Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry, I'm a mum of two, and I run Kinderama, a multi-activity programme for younger kids. Hello, I'm Bethan, I'm a psychotherapist, I'm a mum of three, and I run the Cam Parenting Club. Each week, Steph and I are going to answer one of your parenting questions, help to take the stress out, and hopefully provide practical solutions to your parenting problems. If you want us to answer one of your questions, email us, themummind at gmail.com. Our hot topic this week is drumroll. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, it's kind of a long question. So I got a question emailed through saying, my 11-year-old has got their first phone. I don't know how to help them with it. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I have an 11-year-old that doesn't have a phone yet, but my goodness me, the peer pressure is real. Oh, really? See, oh. my 11-year-old has a phone and has had a phone for years. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is really, like, controversial. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, to me, to me, it's not controversial at all because he asked for a phone from Santa. So Santa got him a phone years ago. The phone was 20 euros and it was amazing honestly okay so this 20 euros is just a phone that you can phone and text and not access the internet no you could access the internet and honestly right we still have this phone it has been lost it got dipped in hot chocolate once like hot hot melting chocolate over a bain marie i mean this this phone is impenetrable and it is now my eight-year-old's phone and and you see so here's the thing my opinion personally and my opinion professionally is is that nothing is bad for children we just have to help them figure out how to make it safe and of course the huge caveat in that is is that they are gonna make mistakes and we have to be okay with that you know what, what one of the biggest things I've heard in the therapy room since I've been back this week from a teenager was you know I was so pleased that my mom spoke to me about this thing that I suggested the family talk about and she didn't get cross on me because it had all gone wrong and okay you see so I know phones can be scary but we can also like if I eight-year-old what does he do on his he checks him flash score is it so for soccer updates or if there's a football match coming on he'll he wants to have a look at who the team is so he's like oh you know such and such I'm not gonna lie that I remember the names of all the players but he would know who's in goal who's playing where he has a fantasy football team as well he's in a league with his cousins his dad um so he likes to he likes to be abreast of that does he communicate with any friends on it? I don't know, Snapchat or WhatsApp or any of those? He does, yeah, he does. And it's all really monitored by us. Like he can't add anyone from on Snapchat who we can't allow first. It goes through my husband's email. Right, okay. And when your kids got these devices, did you have like did you hand over the device or you know once they got the device were there boundaries were there rules that you put in place say you know this is only going to be for a set amount of time we have to be in the room with you anything like that yeah I mean so there was a starting place and then there was reality 
you know, and 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 okay. and, and I think you see the starting place. It has to come from not a place of fear. You know, it has to come from. A, so I know originally, say, when devices first came into our house and I did not think I would be a mom who's I mean, he must have been nine, eight, nine, who had a phone, but he's really musical. And this was in lockdown and his guitar teacher was sending him videos. So because he was young and the phone was a bit crappy. I mean, we now know you can download apps on it because the now eight-year-old has done that, but he didn't. So his thing was that he would download the videos from his guitar teacher, watch them and play guitar. And so there were no, I mean, I can honestly, there was no time limit put on it because that's all he did on it. And now he's 11. He would spend hours and hours and hours on YouTube teaching himself to play the piano. Okay, but this is what I would call positive screen time. That's what's the name of the Dr. Mary O'Kane. She's a lecturer in education and psychology. You know, she'd say not all screen time is equal. If you're learning to play the guitar, that, that's that's not zoning out to random YouTube rubbish, right? Yeah, and I think also, um, I hope it's okay to say this, this is why your work is so powerful, because your work is positive screen time for children under the age of six. Yeah. you know and, and 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 it's like I mean I, I was going to say technology is part of the modern world but you know it doesn't have to be I mean everyone has their choice I know people who still have a Nokia phone they don't do WhatsApp they have a landline they have no internet and that's just how people you know I mean oh I don't I don't care what people get up to but in our children's lives you know I've got teenagers who have to have their mobile phone in school because they have to use Google in the classroom so like you say, I mean, screen time can be good. It can be, it can be not so good. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of parents fear comes from, I mean, I guess screen time is relatively new to us. You know, it's not something we had in our childhood. Yeah. So, and we're very aware or we're becoming more aware that when we're looking at screens, I know if I'm if I'm not feeling great and I start scrolling through Instagram, I end up feeling worse. It's yeah. very rarely I come off it feeling better. And in my own head, there comes a point where I'm like, what am I doing? This is not helping me whatsoever. I need to put this away and go and do something else. And I guess some of our fear comes from that for our kids and also the safety aspect, the online bullying, the cyber bullying and, and the, the actual safety, the, you know, if you take a photo or a Snapchat of yourself not saying where you are or who you're with or what you're doing. Yeah, there is all of that. And you see, I think the amazing thing is, though, Steph, is that you know when, oh, God, when I go scrolling, it's a murky world. My my mind goes to it. And we all know that feeling. It's like a mm -hmm. kind of half wired feeling, half empty feeling, you know, so that's what you teach your children. You yeah. know that. And they see, here's the thing. Children have to experience it to know it's not the right thing. We only know the edges of ourselves when we've reached the edge and we can't ever stop a child not reaching the edge. I say that you can, you can try and control them, but that doesn't end up well. So, you know, when people do things in excess, it's then saying, Ooh, you know, that, that was your point that was too far, you know, and, and helping them see it and realize it and understand it without blame, without shame, without criticism. And, and, and the bit you say about the, the 
safety online. Yeah, that's a conversation. I mean, parents really need to do an online safety course. I always think about the guy who came to your school. Was it your school or community? Yes, he was brilliant. Jer Brick, I'll give him a a shout out. And he, he did something with the kids in the day. It was all age appropriate. So whatever class they were in, this was national school, whatever class they were in, it was age appropriate. Um, and then in the evening, he did like a two hour workshop with the parents. It was all on Zoom. And honest to God, some of the stuff was terrifying. Yeah. Not in a, not in a, oh my God, don't give your kid a device, but in the, God, I didn't know that. So for example, he showed us a photograph that he had taken of a shoe. And, you know, it wasn't, hi, I'm here at you know, whatever school. Um, it was, it was a photograph of a shoe, but then he pulled the data from the photograph and it showed him exactly where he was, what classroom he was in. It was, you know, and he was saying, you know, people can do that. Yeah. People can pull that information from a photograph. So there are things you need to set up on phone. So I, I absolutely think you need to do, um, and there's loads of them online that you can do a couple of hours. And he went into the world of games. I'm sure your son plays games. My son plays games. We started off on Roblox. No, we started off on Minecraft, sorry just with friends um he's moved on to roblox and now he's got a nintendo switch so every time i've had to educate myself you know what are the parental controls on it how do i stop him seeing explicit stuff and i don't know your opinion on this personally i think i i took away from that course it's very important age appropriate games are age appropriate for a reason he showed us things from Grand Theft Auto that I couldn't believe it was legal, let alone that kids were playing this game. Yeah. Now it's not a kid's game. It's an 18 plus game. It's an 18 plus game for a reason. And maybe I should say here what I saw because I think parents would be shocked. I think you should because you know today is the anniversary of the lady who got murdered um, when she was out for a run. Oh, is I can't, it? I'm okay. with the dyslexia, but it's names. Yeah. And, and the thing is, since she died, there's 15 other women who've been killed in Ireland. So, yeah, oh. I think what you're going to say is probably really essential. Yeah. So my understanding of Grand Theft Auto was it was predominantly a car game. I knew that you it's in the title. You stole the car, you know, whatever model it was and did whatever it was. He showed us footage of that you could uh, hire a prostitute and you could force her to perform sexual acts on you. Yeah. Who needs that in a video game? I know. Like, it's a crazy world. And if people are naive enough to believe that that is just a game about cars, and, oh, it's grand, I know it's 18, but we'll let the kids play, which I know of kids that are playing that game. And I think parents don't have a clue, and that's my issue. As long as you are educated enough to know, no, it's not appropriate. Yeah, I had to have a conversation with my 11 year old, or oh, but my friend so and so, he plays it. And I, I obviously didn't tell him the graphic detail, but I explained why I felt it wasn't appropriate and why I felt it had an 18 plus certificate on it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's shocking, isn't it? And, and I think you see, so I, I heard a parent recently, they, they, they were telling me that they went to an online safety course in their school 
And the person who was running it said, here's what you do. You set up a fake Snapchat account. They were talking about Snapchat. So you set up a fake Snapchat account and see if your child will add you as a friend to try and try and catch them out. And, oh. and, and honestly, like I, it made me almost want to cry that this is the advice because we have to implicitly trust our children anyway. It's not that they earn our trust. And I know that like, I mean, was there almost war over a swimming bag in our house that didn't get put away last night? Yes, yes, there was. Because it had swimming bag issues this morning. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like a piece of modern art on the floor in the kitchen by the time everyone had kicked it, fallen over it. The dog tried to wee on it, you know. Lovely. But I still trust my child implicitly because he is inherently good and kind and caring. We cannot put children in these situations where we're like, okay, I'm going to try and catch you out. And then I know if I can trust you. Yeah, that's like tricking them. Yeah. I mean, we have to have an open conversation. You, me, all parents have to be that neutral, open parent who's like, okay, you can tell me when you did add someone who you didn't know. And but you know the thing is so yeah. so my son is part of like a Snapchat group with some people in his soccer team. And I thought the soccer team was called or the Snapchat group was called, I think it was called Spuds. And then I was looking at something and I said, Oh, where's Spuds gone? And he said, Oh, this random person joined the group. So he closed the group straight straight down and opened another one. I mean, like kids, oh. kids know. And he came yeah. to me and he told me and and there has been times, you know, on Roblox, I, I just put my head in it and I said to my youngest, who's that? He said, I don't know. So I'm just leaving the game now. You know, so it, it, it is like, yes, there's really scary stuff out there, but we don't have to be all like intense about it. It's a discussion. It's a conversation. So with the games with my son <clears throat> and my daughter, she has an old iPad. So she is on Snapchat with a group from her school. Um, and I just explained to them that people might not be who they say they are. Yeah. So it's important that, you know, whoever you're friends with online, you're friends with in real life. Yes. And this is this is another thing that I really wanted to talk about, because it's really important, this difference between online friends and then friends in real life. And, and these are the nuances that we need to help our kids understand, you know, uh, things like if someone messages your child and your child doesn't respond, well, if someone went up to you in a room and said, hi, how are you doing? You would never just turn around and walk away. You would say, I'm all right. Even if you didn't like the person or you felt uncomfortable, you'd be like, I'm okay. Bye. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think you see kids just need help learning these nuances. And for me, it's tricky enough being in the real world, let alone. Try <laughs> and, and it's mm. only when my kids have been in contact with friends, you know, through apps that I've realized like, oh, my God, teaching kids the online way of communicating. It's really tricky. It's really like, because there are all these nuances. You can't read someone's face. You don't really know what's implied. I mean, they didn't put an emoji at the end. Does that mean they're cross? You know, you know, yeah. so like, I don't know. So I do think that having real time friends is really important. But I would also say that, you know, people who create communities online in the gaming community, I've got loads of clients who are adults and they have a really strong gaming online community and those are their people they would meet up with them at like 
events in Dublin or events in Limerick or events here in Cork. And so it is okay, but to have that balance, to have that balance between real life and online for a child is really important. And actually, do you know, even since we've been talking, I've almost breathed a sigh of relief, <clears throat> excuse me, a parent sigh of relief, oh. <laughs> as in sometimes there's so much judgment out there and it's like, oh, no, I wouldn't give my child a screen before the age of whatever. Or, you know, oh, no, we don't do screen time in my house. We don't, you know, and it becomes a thing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you know, torn. But actually, you've just instilled in me even if it's right for your children and your family and you're helping them through it. That's fine. Yeah. Because there's a balance. Yeah. And and I mean, like, we do have rules. It's funny, we had the rules written down and I found the rules recently and they're like <laughs> covered in water. There's a bit of food on them. There's a noodle hanging off the bottom of them. You know how it <laughs> you know how it goes with all the critical stuff. But you see, also, you see, once you start writing down the rules, I mean, you could go on and on forever and ever and ever. I, I think you see with any rules, it's really important that you teach a child how to get out of difficulty. So the rules are not so much don't do this, don't do that, because kids kind of know, you know, and again, there is an age appropriateness to everything. But it's like, well, if someone says something that you don't think is right, show me. If somebody asks to, if someone sends a picture of their body, tell me. You know, so it's not. Oh, I love this. So this isn't don't do this, don't do that. No. No talking to. It's if this happens let's do this. If this happens, let's do this. I love that. Yeah. Because I mean, like my 11 year old knows not to, I don't want to share too much about him because he hasn't given yeah. me his, his, his permission, but you know, he's at a stage where, you know, they're all sort of preteens with all the stuff that yeah. comes. So he's beginning to, you know, he'll see people kissing on telly and be like, Oh my God, you know, or me and his dad having a smooch or whatever. And he'll be like, Oh my God. <laughs> So the thought of someone take it to another room. Yeah. So the thought of seeing someone's body is like, oh my God, I want to hurl in a bucket. You know, <laughs> you know and, and you see, we do have the, the one thing that I think is really important is, is that the phones don't go to the bedroom. Right. Yes. That for me, having said that, were the phones in the bedroom over Christmas? Yes, they were, because there was no other spot that was quiet for him to chat to his friends. You know, but I did pop my head in every now and again and he would say, shut up, mom, go away. I'd be like, no problem. <laughs> Do you mean they don't go to bed with the phones? Oh, never. And the phones have yeah. to be off a good few hours before bed comes, you know. Yeah. So in our house, I, I guess maybe because of my job. Um, but for me, sleep is everything. And teaching children how to go to sleep is so important. You know, I'm meeting so many young teens who are on sleeping tablets, really strong sleeping tablets. You're joking. Oh, oh my no, goodness. so so many, really strong to the point where they can't take them during the week because they can't wake up for school and they take them at the weekend wow. and sleep. You know, and, and I'm, I'm not medical, right? Uh, so I, I don't know the ins and outs. If we can teach children to tune into their body clocks, and, and phones do give a false sense of alertness. You know, like I, I know that me, 
and my children are a product of me. So there's a good chance that they will struggle with the same things that I do. I cannot go to sleep if I've been on my phone before. My brain is wired. I feel like there's like Mickey Mouse running up and down stairs in my brain or something, you know, <laughs> like, ah, you know, I need to have the candle on for a few hours. I need to be reading my magazines or my book or my podcast or watching a bit of telly or wind down time. Yeah. So every night yeah. I try and have a bit of wind down time with the kids, whether it's playing cards or chatting or giving a massage or whatever it is you know yeah. so that that means no phones D- well depending on what works for you but I just found when my kids were younger tv time before bedtime didn't work either because it was yeah again stim- stimulating yeah so having them upstairs and the, the 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 room's dark and and story time was a much better way to get them off to sleep mm, sounds lovely If you'd like the answers to help your child with their emotions or behaviours, or if you're ready to become the parent and person you'd like to be, then start your free seven-day trial in the Cow Parenting Club by going to my website, bethanoreardon.com. Yeah, I I think, and, and I think then also a big rule in our house is no phones in the morning for everybody. You know, sometimes like my husband might have to check stuff for work or if I have a client who was maybe not coming, I might have to check it just so I know logistically if I'm dropping the kids or my husband's dropping the kids or whatever. But there's no phones before school either, because that just I mean, you know yourself, like I I put on a phone and I'm just hooked. I'm just my eyes. are. I mean, the world, the, ha- yeah. the house could blow up. And that's the nature of phones. We We don't have that rule. And we didn't have that rule because my kids used to be up so early. It was just like, oh God, you know, go and watch something for half an hour while I get sorted. But actually more and more, I've, you're right. It sucks them in. They, they're focusing on that. They're not focusing on all the stuff they've got to get done. And now that they sleep a bit longer, we need that time. We need that time to get ready. So this might be a new rule in our house next week. Yeah. <laughs> Beth and Seth. Yeah, t- tell them they're welcome. No problem. <laughs> Anytime. We have a podcast next week going, thanks a million. That was great. Yeah. So next week will be what to do with kids in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But it's again, it's re- but you're right. It's about reading the the what's working for your kids and what isn't. And so at the moment, that's not working for our house because I you know I'll go in and find my son with one sock on half a pair of pants and you know he's facing YouTube but he hasn't even done his teeth yeah yeah and, and this is why for me it was like and, and the other thing is so the reason we used to have a rule that there was no games before eight o'clock because my kids were early risers I mean I saw half five for many a year you know yeah. and we used to have a rule that there was no games before eight o'clock and then I realized flip it the kids especially one of my kids, he, he's just so like, he's so lovely, but he's so excitable. So he'd be up like, oh, when is it eight? When is it eight? When is it eight? So I changed it to there's no games before nine. So now, so like on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. So now the kids, they will get up. The oldest might not be awake by then, but probably they will get up and they will do the basic things that I really want them to do. I don't mind if they don't do them, but I really in like an ideal gold standard parenting. And those things are have a glass of water, take your vitamins, take your fish oil and have your breakfast. Because then by the time 10 o'clock comes when they come off their technology, they're not total basket cases. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's the that's the professional word basket cases <laughs> you know because uh, you know like if they don't have anything to eat then coming off the technology can be a real wacky experience because they're like total sugar slump technology slump oh mm-hmm. yeah and I have a little practical tip there actually you know how I think any kid but particularly younger kids if you are letting them watch something say it's a cartoon on telly and they're focused on that cartoon and you're saying come on let's come on let's do this hi hello come on let's do this they physically cannot hear you they are so in tuned to that that is how their little brain works so you have to bridge the gap so if you lean in maybe start stroking their back or their arm ask them a question about what they're watching oh who's that what's he doing then you're pulling them back, but it's not a sharp change of focus. So often when parents are trying to end screen time to go somewhere to do something, whatever it is, that battle is created because they're pulling them out of the screen time, sharp like that, oh, off goes the screen. And the child's just like, what, 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 what happened? You need to bridge the gap to ease their focus off it because their little brain just can't compute. So little stroke of the shoulder, maybe we've got two minutes left. Talk to me about this fella. What's he doing on there? Oh, okay. Okay, now we've got one minute left or whatever it is. And then, okay, we're gonna switch it off now. That will stop that meltdown from happening because you're slowly pulling their focus back into the room. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I learned that little temple trick, but it was a godsend back in the day. That's lovely, isn't it? And you see, that's it. Everything is about connection. You know, if we can help a child feel connected while we're asking them to do something they don't want to do, it makes their world safe. So I just want to bring it back to the question that we got asked in the in the beginning, which was helping an 11 year old with a new device. So we talked about boundaries that work for you as a family. Yeah. And maybe important boundaries are safety. Yeah. Um definitely for my, for my kids uh, it's you know not divulging where you live you know not screenshotting yourself outside the house with the big look this is where i live yeah <laughs> um or school or wherever you may be not talking to anyone they don't know in real life um and doing your homework as an adult as a parent if you're letting them on i think a couple of weeks ago we mentioned snapchat and my daughter was waffling on about something to do with snapchat and i was thinking in my head i've not a clue what she's talking about like i don't understand any of it but i didn't just leave it at that i then went and found out about it yeah i think it's important for us to have the knowledge and to take the time maybe do a a a good jabrick is the chap that we we saw at our school you know to have a conversation and to learn about these things learn about the games learn about why something is 13 plus learn about why something is 18 plus and what the risks are and communicate those with your kids yeah but then beyond that you're saying does there need to be a screen time you know you're only on it for an hour that's up to you right yeah and and i think it depends because You know, 11 is a really important age for children finding their peers. The brain seeks peer connection. But I'd really encourage people to not lose their child because your child also needs the wisdom and guidance that your life experience has to offer. 
you know, so their peers, they've never been in the situations they're going to be in. So they don't know what to do. You know, they don't know how to really deal with stuff. And it's an age where your child's phone can easily become their regulation. And you don't want that. You know, you don't want what what children of all ages, but especially this real delicate segueing age into early adulthood is they need to feel you feeling their feelings. Right. And I know that's a little complicated. So it means basically whatever they feel, you feel it, too, and it takes it off them. And then that is co-regulation. So if they're feeling lonely, isolated, confused, misunderstood, all the key things that preteens will begin to feel, it's that you see it, you clock it, and you keep it safe. You don't give them a phone to then figure out the expression of that with. And are you communicating this with them? Oh, I think it depends. You know, it's tricky. Like I know my daughter's 11 and communicating anything can be tricky at times. You really have to pick your moments. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you see the important thing is just to know, you just know that, okay, that's going on. And I think the hardest thing for parents, me included, I want to sit down the kids and thrash it out. Okay. Right. Let's talk. Let's just talk. You know, I'm a therapist. Let's talk, man. And they don't want that. You know, there might be a time this weekend when we're watching something on the telly or, you know, we're going for a walk together because that that's the other thing, you know, parents, we have to be available. I mean, on Sunday, I wanted to lie on the couch and snooze, if I'm honest, me and the dog, we had a plan. I knew that my eldest was itching. I said, oh, does anyone want a walk? I'll come. I said, great. And do you know what we'll do? We won't take the dog. We'll go to the bar at the end and we'll and we'll get an old drink and we'll sit like old men at the bar. Great. So when we were sap like, Sounds like my kind of walk. I know. You have to, <laughs> yeah, you have to. I'll, wow. I'll, t- I'll tell you next time. And, <laughs> and, and you see, when we were walking side by side, that's when it all came out. Just these tiny bits of information, these tiny bits of, okay, I hear you. You know, and obviously I won't say what, but, you know, just just little things that made me think, okay. And it's, you know, always remember that when children share something, it's like the top of a can being cracked open for them. The pressure's off. You've heard it. You haven't freaked out with it or you haven't turned it into a post-match analysis of understanding and what would you do next time? It's just that you heard it. And, And then you trust implicitly that your child, not like we'll do the right thing, but that they they want the best for themselves as well, you know. Yeah. So, so then inherently they will do the right thing if that makes sense. Um. So yeah, but that can only happen if your kid's head isn't stuck in a phone, you know. Yeah. So being tuned in to see that they might be struggling with something. Yeah, and just that life is hard. Relationships changing. Ah, so much. And sometimes I don't know whether this helps in the context of what we're talking about, but sometimes if my daughter and I are kind of not clashing, but you know, it's a bit icky. Yeah. And maybe she's not ready to talk. Maybe I'm not ready to talk. I just find sometimes physical touch can really help. Yeah. Um, You know, you might be, but this morning we were talking about the swimming bag issues. We had swimming bag issues in our house this morning. 
it didn't go well. We were in the car on the way to school and I just put my hand down on hers. Yeah. She wasn't talking to me. Yeah, great. Excellent. <laughs> but I just put my hand down on hers. And by the time the school bus came, it was normal. Bye. Have a good day. Yeah. And that's but no it, words right? were said. Yeah. And that's it. Because a lot of relationship stuff, it, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Is the mom hold the grudge until she comes back from school? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so can we talk about this woman? Yeah. I mean, what a bad day for you. So I'm not allowed to swear. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's just we have to... We have to allow them to be them and us to be us. And that happens in real world engagements, not just on the phone. You know? Yeah, excellent. Okay, so if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss, you can email us at themummind at gmail.com. Kindrama is a multi-activity programme for younger kids. It's full of music, imaginative play, adventures, ball skills, dance, drama, and all for the under sixes. We have an online programme at kinderama.com and if you use the discount code MUMMIND20, you can have 20% off an annual membership. 